Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. that we uh, started a few weeks ago called Relation Slips. And we're really understanding and learning uh, really from the Bible, what the Bible teaches us on ways that we can ultimately avoid the traps that so easily um, you know, cause us to fall into when it comes to relationships. And I think the challenge sometimes is that we we fail to realize that anytime we have a relationship, a friendship, whether it's a friend at school, work, you know, whether it's an extended family member, could be your spouse, obviously, there's all kinds of situations and circumstances when it comes to relationships, right? And we learn week one about those unresolved issues that can easily trip us up. So often that's somewhat of a foundational root area. And then last week we talked about the uh, the unexpected differences that sometimes can be a little revealing and eye-opening and it's like wow you know and, and that can create major conflict and problems obviously in our lives and in our relationships but then today I want to talk for a brief moment about something that I think even builds on the unresolved issues and maybe the unexpected differences and that is what I'm referring to as the unfulfilled expectations yeah, our theme verse is found in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And I want to read with you what Paul said there in Hebrews. And this is such a profound and foundational verse. There's so much to this verse or these two verses of Scripture right at the beginning of Hebrews chapter 2 that are so significant to our lives as followers of Jesus, for those of us who have a relationship with Him. And we need to be reminded that we're not running this race alone. We have not only the Holy Spirit who lives and dwells within us, but we have generations of followers of Jesus Christ who are cheering us on. They are, listen, our greatest source of, of support and encouragement and affirmation because we can, we can look to them, our heroes of the faith who have gone before us. We can look to them and say, wow, you know, hey, if they did it, I can do it. And because of that, they are cheering you on so you can win in your life, win in your relationships, win in your marriage, in your family. Why? Because they know how important it is that you keep running the race of faith. Amen? We can't throw in the towel. And so in Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. And we do this by keeping our eyes on who? On Jesus. We have sung a lot, obviously, this morning. And we have spoken, we have sung the name of Jesus today. We keep our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. God has a huge purpose. Listen, he has a huge plan for your life, for your relationships, for your family. God has a plan and he has a purpose. And one of the things we've got to understand is that we also have an adversary, a, de a devil, an enemy. Who's not only real, but he is very strategic and intentional. He is always finding ways to trip us up. He's putting stumbling blocks in front of us. He will do anything and everything to get us from continuing to run our race. He wants us to get us distracted. How does he do that? He weighs us down with unresolved issues. We still carry some wounds, some hurts, some habits, some things from our past. 
he, he tries to trip us up from some, maybe some unexpected differences, you know, that we didn't quite realize. You know, we were thrown a curveball. We were kind of hit blindside by, you know, a person or a situation or a circumstance. And, you know, we realize that, hey, we are just two completely different people, two completely different, you know, personalities, two different sets of pages here. We can't seem to work things out. Which leads to what we're talking about today, and that is the unfulfilled expectations that happens. And the problem is, is that so often is that one of the reasons why we have unfulfilled expectations is because often we go into friendships, we go into relationships blindly with unrealistic expectations. You know, it's interesting, the word expectation... And the dictionary is defined like this. It is defined as a strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future. So whether it's with a friend, a co-worker, maybe it's um, in a dating relationship, obviously your marriage relationship, your family relationships, extended family. Here's what happens. What happens a lot of times is that we have this unrealistic expectation going into the relationship, kind of like this mutual, you know, somewhat uh, kind of this unspoken expectation of where it's kind of like, hey, you do your part, I'll do my part. As long as you, end, you live up to your end of the deal and I live up to my end of the deal, then good things are going to happen, Right? Good experiences are going to come as a result of those expectations that we have of one another. You do you, I'll do me, everything's going to be great, right? We all live up to our end of the deal. The problem is that's a myth, it's a lie. You say, how is that? Because there's no such thing as problem-free expectations, right? I mean, if we go into a relationship or a friendship or a marriage relationship thinking it's all just going to be great, we're setting ourselves up for a rude awakening. We're going to be extremely disappointed. Why? Because we live in a broken world. We live in a world that is filled with sin. The reason why we live in a broken world is because we have a broken world that obviously is caused by sin because we as individuals are sinners. And because there's no such thing as a perfect person, we're all born with a sinful nature, guess what? When you take two imperfect people, you're going to have imperfect relationships. There are going to be those unexpected differences. There are going to be those unfulfilled expectations. But the problem is, is a lot of times, is that we get into a situation, you know, and if you're married, it's like, hey... You know, Romeo, for whatever reason, didn't live up to his end of the deal. Juliet, she didn't live up to her end of the deal. Or we have this tendency to maybe think to ourselves, well, hey, you know, this person isn't who I thought they were, right? Maybe you enter into a friendship. And uh, maybe it's a, a co-worker or somebody you're spending some time with. And all of a sudden you realize over a period of time, maybe it's a dating relationship. And all of a sudden you come to this place in the relationship or the friendship. And you realize, hey, he or she is different. They're not the same person that I first met. They have changed. And what happens? We have unfulfilled expectations. Well, you may even take it a step further. And you think, well, what happens if I married the wrong person? What happens if I'm in this dating relationship and it's taking me in a direction that I'm not supposed to be going? What, what, what happens? What do I do? It's interesting that in the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12, I would highly encourage you to look up this verse, look further into it, and I'm going to unpack it for you today. There's a lot. I'm building everything literally around this one verse of Proverbs chapter 13 verse 12. I'm reading out of the Amplified. King Solomon, one of the wisest men who ever lived, he wrote obviously the the book of Proverbs. Incredible, incredible book that has so much wisdom from his wisdom of life experiences. And here's what he said. He said, 
in verse 12 in Proverbs 13. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when desire is fulfilled, it is a tree of life. You say, what does that mean? Well, the word deferred in that verse simply means to put off, to drag out as in a long period of time or a long drawn out process. In other words, hope deferred, when you think about a long drawn out process, can look like a lot of different things. Let me give you some examples. Hope deferred, something that you're longing for, something that you want to see happen, change that you want to see in someone else that is taking longer than what you anticipated or is going in a direction differently than what you'd hoped for. It can be like, for example, a spouse who's married to someone with an addiction and you're hoping and you're praying and you're longing that somehow some way your spouse who has been enslaved who's been caught in a trap of addiction is going to overcome that addiction is going to be set free from that addiction is going to be restored and be put back you know in a place of right relationship with yourself or other family members who've all been affected by this person's addiction and you keep hoping and you keep praying you keep waiting but hope is deferred it could be a parent who for whatever reason a son or a daughter has chosen a wrong path they've maybe have embraced the world's belief system They've made decisions and choices that have cost them greatly. And it has ripped your heart out as a parent. You've been on the sidelines just watching them self-destruct. And you've prayed. You've longed for them to basically come to their, to their senses like the prodigal son. You, you've, been, you've been longing for their return. You've been waiting and hoping and anticipating that somehow, some way, God is going to step in and intervene. And God somehow is going to bring your child back home into a right relationship with him. Hope has been deferred. Maybe a friend. Somebody that at one point... You may have even considered your, your closest companion, your, your confidant, that, that person that, that you, at one, one point, you just, you put so much of your hope into the friendship. But the problem is, is that maybe over the course of time, that friend, or at least you thought was a friend, has been lying, has been unfaithful, has been, you know, maybe... Uh, making false promises, hasn't been living up to their end of the deal. And as a result, speculation has, has kind of sabotaged the friendship. Why? Because you begin to realize that the lies that this person has been telling you over and over and over has proven to you that this person is not the same person that they used to be. The list goes on and on. For some of you, maybe you're in a dating relationship. And maybe you've been seeing patterns in this relationship with maybe this person. And all of a sudden, this person, I mean, there's like two steps forward and one step back. There's like highs in the relationship and then there's lows in the relationship. And it's this roller coaster ride. And what is it doing? It's causing you to question whether or not this is the right person for you to marry. Hope has been deferred. And you're longing for this person to change. You're longing for this child to come back home. You're longing for this addiction to be, to be conquered. You're longing for something, somehow, some way to change and to give in the relationship doesn't happen. The question is, what do you do? Because the greater the hope and the greater the expectation, listen to this, is the greater level of disappointment and when hope is crushed the heart is crushed in the process hope deferred that long process in the relationship we don't see any light at the end of the tunnel you don't see any change you don't see any difference what does it do the bible says it causes the heart to grow sick 
that word heart not only embodies the mental and the emotional challenge of our lives, the weight of all of that, but it really affects the entire heart, the inner being of who we are. It has a profound effect on our lives. In other words, it causes despair and affliction. And when we lose hope, we feel the pain of even more hurt and even more disappointment. I have a feeling that whatever, what I'm saying right now, what I'm trying to help you maybe process as it relates to where you are with a friend or maybe in a dating relationship or maybe obviously in your marriage or as a parent with one of your children. I'd be safe to say that some of you are in the middle of this right now. And you are confused. You're frustrated. You don't know what to do. I can't tell you as a pastor how many times I have listened to the broken heart of a spouse, of a parent, maybe just an individual who has, from their perspective, is like, I've tried everything. I've, I've prayed for this person. We, we, we've, we've sought counsel. We've, we've, we've done everything we know to do. But for whatever reason, we don't see change. Nothing is happening from a positive perspective. Hope has been deferred, and as a result, my heart has been broken. I've been greatly disappointed. There has been unfulfilled expectations in the relationship. Well, today I want to do the best I can for the next few moments to take something that's very complicated can oftentimes be incredibly disappointing and frustrating. And I want to share with you some principles from God's word that hopefully will help you understand, but more importantly, apply these principles to your given situation. Because I don't know what your situation is. And I know there are a lot of extreme situations. But can I just give you something that can be very difficult and challenging and break it down in a very simple way? It's just the way I like to do it. And I'm going to do the best I can with God's help. I'm going to give you what I refer to as some A, B, C's on steps that you can take. As your hope has been deferred. As you've been waiting. As you've been wondering, what do I do? Do I throw in the towel? Do I quit? What do I do? Well, let me just encourage you to jot these down. The A simply stands for accept responsibility for your actions. Did you get that? Accept responsibility for your actions. In other words, in Galatians chapter 6 verse 5, Paul the Apostle once again says it this way. He said, for we are each responsible for our own conduct. In other words, at the end of the day, listen, you can't change your spouse. You can't change your boyfriend or your girlfriend. You can't change your friend. Only God can change people. We can't change people. Only God can. And what we have to do is we have to come to that, to that hard reality and we have to come to that place where we accept responsibility for our actions. In other words, we can't point our finger and we can't cast blame for someone else because of the decisions or the actions they've taken. We can't find fault and we can't point the finger at blame because they are the person who is causing me all of my unhappiness. No, we can't change the circumstances. We can't change people, but we can change our attitude. We can change our perspective. Listen, we can change those things that we need to take ownership of when it comes to our part of the problem and potentially even our part of the solution. Did you get that? We have to accept responsibility for our actions. Now, if you're Maybe in a friendship, maybe you're in a dating relationship, and once again, if you see a consistent pattern among a friend, you see a consistent pattern maybe with this person that you're in a dating relationship with, and you see this pattern that begins to unravel further and further, more and more, what do you do? Do you just keep 
sticking with the friendship, you keep sticking in the relationship, my advice to you is that, you know what, at some point, you got to move on. Why? Because you got to keep running your race. Life is too short to allow somebody who's trapped in sin, somebody who is inconsistent, someone who is showing and proving because of the choices that they're making that they have character flaws, that there is a lack of integrity. Whatever the source or the situation or the root problem is, you can't change that. All you can do is you can take full responsibility for your attitude, your actions, and take full responsibility of who God has called you to be and what God has called you to do. And sometimes you got to keep running your race. You got to let go of the baggage. You got to let go of the weight that so easily and weighs us down and easily trips us up. Why? Because the devil wants to do anything and everything to convince you it's worth sticking with the friendship and the relationship because, because you can change. Change them. Only God can change people. Only God can change people. We love them. We stand in encouragement and support from a healthy distance. But I'm talking about friendships and dating relationships here. I'm not talking about marriage yet. I'm talking about loving people. I'm talking about, listen, I'm talking about doing anything and everything you can to be the light of Jesus, to walk and to live your own life of a character and integrity as an example, as a witness. But listen, at some point, if you're in a friendship, if you're in a dating relationship, and you see those consistent patterns of dysfunction, consistent patterns of someone who is living for themselves, living in sin, living a life that is deceitful and distracting and destructive at some point. You just have to do what I call go in sync. You remember the singing group in sync? Baby, bye, bye, bye. And you just got to move on. You got to move on. Now, if you're married... It's a little more complicated, right? Because you stood across from one another at, a, uh, listen, at an altar and you said, until death do us part. So it gets a little tricky. It gets a little awkward. It gets a little challenging. It gets real complicated. Why? Because there are unresolved issues that you forgot about or you didn't see or all of a sudden, it's exposed through the unexpected differences, and you're thinking, whoa. And as a result, the unexpected differences now lead to those unfulfilled expectations, and, well, he's not the same, and she's not the same, and I didn't know I was getting into this, and I didn't sign up for that, and he promised this, and she promised that, and things get complicated, right? What do you do? You accept responsibility for your actions. The grass is not greener on the other side of the fence. The only reason why it's greener on the other side is because more times than not, that's where the septic tank is. In other words, there's still a lot of stench and stinky stuff on the other side of the fence, right? But the only reason why it's greener on the other side is because somebody's been planting and somebody's been watering. So don't waste your time, don't waste your energy allowing your mind to go off into la-la land and some fantasy land and compare your marriage with somebody else's marriage. Compare your spouse with somebody else's spouse. You know, oh, well, if he was this or she was that. No, the grass is not greener on the other side. Listen, take all of that time, take all of that wasted energy and effort that is costing you greatly spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, financially. Take all of that energy and here's what you do with it. You take full responsibility for your side of the problem and for your solutions that only you can bring to the table. You give the rest to God and you keep sowing and you keep watering and you keep planting and you keep doing everything you can because listen, you can't change your spouse only 
God can. Only God can. So, giving y'all some free marriage counseling, all right? Some free relationship counseling today, okay? Well, let's move on. So we have to, A, accept responsibility for our actions. But B, we got to believe our relationship or relationships can change. We got to believe that. Because once again, hope deferred, that gets tricky, right? Because we've been hoping, we've been waiting, we've been praying, we've been taking responsibility for our actions. But again, this person hasn't changed. This person hasn't shown any signs of progress or, you know, any, any form of repentance or sorrow, godly sorrow. They haven't seen, I haven't seen or heard, I haven't, I haven't seen anything that gives them any hope <laughs> that this person is going to change. And as a result, your heart is growing weary, frustrated. And your heart has become sickened over the situation. So let me ask you a question. If you're at that place, what do you do? The question I want to present to you is you look at your situation, look at your friend, look at your dating relationship, look at your spouse, your marriage, look at one of your children. What do you do? And the question is, Whose perspective are you seeing the situation from? Are you seeing the situation from your perspective or from God's perspective? Because if you're seeing your situation from your perspective, I promise you, your perspective is very limited. Your perspective, in some ways, is flawed. You know why? Because we're imperfect people. We're sinners. And sometimes we only see things from a perspective where maybe we've been hurt. Remember hurt people hurt people? We talked about that. But here's the problem. The problem is, is that if we only see our marriage, we only see our children, we only see a friend, we only see these situations from our perspective, then we are very limited. However, if we shift our perspective away from our perspective to God's perspective, what may be impossible to you and me is possible with God. So listen, don't sell God out. Don't believe that your problem is too big for God to solve. Don't believe that this addiction that has wrecked your, your friend or, or wrecked your husband or your wife or, or you know, your son or your daughter. Don't believe that that is so far gone that there is no hope and God could never change that person. You know, Jesus was talking to his disciples and an audience of people one day and he was trying to help them understand that one of the reasons why he used this analogy about how rich people wealthy people have a hard time you know getting into heaven is because they don't want to let go of their stuff because their stuff has them and they don't want to let go of their stuff and as a result they look at what they have their stuff as being something they work for something that that they have you know that they have achieved and that 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 level of maybe pride or that level of a false sense of security or you know that 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 what they've accomplished and what they've achieved is something that they have earned what he is basically saying he uses the metaphor it would be far easier for a camel to enter in through the eye of a needle than it would be for a rich person to get to heaven why because many people most people who have been listen successful they've come to the perspective that they don't need God they got everything that life has to offer and as a result Jesus responded to their questions and their confusion in Matthew 19 verse 26 he said looking into their eyes he replied humanly speaking no one because no one can save himself but what seems impossible to you is never impossible with God. 
So listen, when we see our situation, when we see our circumstances, when we see our, listen, our marriage that is going nowhere, that's stuck, and hope has been deferred, and our hearts have grown weary and disappointed and frustrated and sick in the process, what is, what is Jesus saying? Hey, with God, all things are possible. Jeremiah 32 verse 17 says it this way. Oh, sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth by your strong hand and powerful arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God is in the business of changing people's hearts and lives? Do you believe that God is in the business of, listen, taking those who are spiritually dead and resurrecting them? I believe that. Listen, God can take an impossible situation and he can turn situations around. But we got to believe that God can change our circumstances. we got to believe that. There's a friend that Michelle and I know are very close to and we, 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 we've watched just the, man alive, just the sacrifice and the challenge and all that they have gone through in their marriage relationship. And sadly and unfortunately, it has been years of just difficulty and setback after setback and so many things. It's been like a ripple effect that is that has caused really tremendous hurt and pain and disappointment on the entire family because of the husband's decisions. And time and time again, she's come to us and she has said, what do I do? Do I quit? Do I throw in the towel? Do I give up? And we keep encouraging her, keep praying, keep loving him, keep doing the right thing. Don't give up. God can do the impossible. Now I know that for many of us that's hard to maybe accept and hear because obviously there are always extreme cases. And I get that. I fully understand that. But again, we have to take full responsibility for our part of the problem, our part of the solution. And we've got to keep walking in faith because we said until death do us part. We've got to keep walking in faith that God can change the heart of a spouse, change the heart of a son or a daughter, can change the heart of someone that we love, that we care about deeply, someone that we're praying for. Because listen, we can't change people, only God can. So there's an A, and that is the admit, excuse me, I'm sorry, accept responsibility for our actions. There's the B, which talks about believing that our relationships can change. But then there's the C, and that is to commit to doing whatever it takes. And just like I just mentioned with my friend, it has cost her a lot. It's cost her time. It's cost her a lot of heart, hurt and heartache. It's cost her a lot with her children. It's cost a lot of effort and energy. But she hasn't thrown in the towel and quit. We are all believing and standing with her. And she has surrounded herself with other people that are standing with her in faith and in prayer that God can do the impossible. But in the meantime, we got to commit to doing whatever it takes. And I know there's always a few doubting Thomases who says, but yeah, but what happens when you've kind of like reached the end of your rope and you just feel like giving up and throwing in the towel and calling it quits? What if you don't feel like working on it any more? Great question. But can I encourage you? Don't allow your feelings or your emotions in the moment to cause you to stop running your race. Don't allow the feelings of your heart being deferred to cause you to want to quit throwing the towel. Commit to doing whatever it takes. You said, what do you mean by that? Just keep doing 
the right thing. Keep doing your part. Listen, keep running your race. How do you do that? Verse 2 in Hebrews 12 says it this way. We fix our eyes on Jesus. He is the perfecter. He is the finisher of our faith. What he is saying to you and me is that keep running. Keep doing the right thing. In other words, keep living a life of integrity. Keep living a life of character. Keep doing the right thing that honors and pleases the Lord. Why? Because ultimately, as we read a few moments ago in Galatians 6, 5, we are ultimately responsible. We are ultimately accountable for how we run our race, for how we live our life, for the choices that we make. And to break it down any further, to break it down a little further, maybe it's asking for forgiveness. Maybe we have to take the high road, and in James 5.16, we confess our sins, the Bible says, to each other. And pray for each other so that we may be healed. Isn't it amazing that we receive forgiveness from our sin from God? But often we receive healing from one another. And that's why God uses people in our lives that can speak truth speak the love in truth, but that are there to help comfort us when we're going through difficulties. But there is healing when we ask and we seek for forgiveness. When we make things right between us and God. We take responsibility for our part. And we seek forgiveness from other people. We make things right between us and God and we write, make things right between others, which is we simply offer forgiveness. In other words, we release our offender. And we talked about that during week one. Why? Because hurt people hurt people. Colossians 3 verse 13 says, Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And listen very carefully. Love is the bridge that allows that person to encounter Jesus as he walks across that bridge of love into the heart of the other person. We can love them pray for them but we can't change them but we got to commit to doing whatever it takes and here's the outcome for doing that because as we stated at the very beginning a heart that has been broken because hope has been deferred in other words it's taking longer and longer we've tried everything we've waited this person still hasn't changed Hope has been deferred. And in the process, the heart has grown sick. The unfulfilled expectations has caused even greater disappointment and hurt in our lives. But in just a few verses down below, in Proverbs 13, verse 19, Solomon says it this way. A longing fulfilled is sweet to the soul. In other words, when we commit to doing the right thing, when we commit to doing whatever it takes, and we see things from God's perspective, not our limited perspective, that's when we, we see maybe God suddenly changed the heart of this person. We see like the prodigal son, that wayward son or daughter who's been out living for themselves, making bad decisions, who has brought so much disappointment and hurt to the family and friends and everybody who's been involved in the process, all of a sudden we see them come back home. We see them repent. We see their brokenheartedness. We see their willingness to come home and to repent and to 
fully surrender their lives back to God. We see that friend that, that maybe was, was unfaithful, or we see that friend who consistently has been telling lie after lie, who has been deceitful. Listen, we see that person come to faith in Jesus Christ. When we see life change, when we see an addiction that has suddenly become victorious, when we see a person who has been making bad decisions suddenly come back into a right relationship with Jesus Christ, guess what? The, the heart is now filled with joy. The soul has been fulfilled with sweet, with sweet Kindness, because our Lord is gracious and kind. And he responds to those of us who have yet to call it quits. Unfulfilled expectations. I don't know what your expectations are, but I just want to say this. My dad used to make a statement. In fact... He wrote in the front of my Bible a statement I've never forgotten. And here's what he said. He said, Rodney, keep your eyes on Jesus. Because everything and everybody will let you down. But Jesus never will. Jesus never will reason why we have unfulfilled expectations is because we're putting our expectations in our hope in somebody else or in something else but we live in a broken sinful imperfect world and the only source of hope the only anchor to our soul the only one who can restore our hearts and our souls is the one who will never leave us nor will ever forsake us. The one who died on a cross for us. The one who came back to life for us. The one who has been faithful to us. The one who's never given up on us. The one who did whatever it took. He laid down his life on a cross for you and for me. And today I want to encourage you Keep running your race. Keep running your race. Because everything and everybody's going to let you down. But keep your eyes on Jesus. He is the finisher of our faith. Amen. Let's bow our heads together in prayer. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed for just a few moments. And I just want to say that I realize that. This is a difficult, maybe a little bit of a complicated topic because it can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people because there's a lot of different circumstances and situations. And I get that. Can I just encourage you today? If you're a follower of Jesus, if you know the Lord as your, as your Savior, would you just surrender today? Whatever it is that maybe you've allowed the devil to use to defeat you, to discourage you, to distract you, to weigh you down, cause you to maybe want to throw in the towel or quit on a relationship or quit on a friendship or just maybe quit on your marriage. Would you be willing today to say, God, I accept full responsibility. God, I believe you can do the impossible. And God, today I'm going to commit to doing whatever it takes. I'm going to do my part. I'm going to keep running my race. And continue to be faithful. Give the results to God. Place those situations into the hands of God. You can pray for your loved ones. You can try to seek to get them help. Get them counsel. Keep doing the right and honorable thing. Some of you here today, 
Maybe you don't have a relationship with Christ. Maybe you're that one who has drifted, who's strayed away, who has made some wrong choices. Maybe you're that one who is caught in the trap of something in your life that the enemy has used that has kept you from a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And maybe today is your day. Maybe today in this moment right here, right now is your time to place your faith in Jesus, to be your Lord and your Savior, to forgive you of your sin today. If that's your need, and it is your desire to have a relationship with Christ and to have the eternal hope of heaven one day, would you be willing to pray this prayer? Say, dear God, I confess to you that I am a sinner. I turn from my sin. And Jesus, I believe that you died on a cross and you arose again. And today, by faith, I invite Jesus into my life to forgive me and to save me. From this day forward, I'm surrendering my life to Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, if you prayed that prayer just then, or maybe you prayed it online, would you be willing to hold up your hand high toward heaven today, saying, yes, count me in. I just prayed that prayer and I'm ashamed to admit it. That's awesome. It's wonderful. Thank you. God bless you over here. Thank you over here. It's wonderful. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Father, we celebrate with these who've lifted their hands today. Lord, as we come close to you, we pray, Father, that you will draw close to us. Lord, thank you that there is healing in your word. Thank you that there is hope in the name of Jesus. There is hope in your word. Lord, thank you that nothing is too hard for you, God. Lord, thank you that with you all things are possible. And Lord, we just pray for victory in every situation, every circumstance. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray for your will to be done. For we pray this in your name, in your name alone. Amen and amen. Come on, somebody. Let's give a little, let's give a little shout out to God today. Can we do that? For those who have made such an important commitment and decision in their hearts and lives today. Let me just encourage you to do a couple of things. Number one, if you prayed that prayer with me, you raised your hand acknowledging that you did so. Hey, I would personally love to know that you made that commitment in your heart. And I know that you may not have all the answers to that or even understand fully what that means. But I would love to know that you made that decision today. And one of the ways that you can do that is simply take your phone. You can type the words RTLI decided, just RTLI decided. And that will shoot you a little digital version of this form that I'm holding in my hand. And uh, if you would prefer, you can also fill out the form uh, there at your seat. And uh, there is a section there, a little blue line at the front where it's underneath the uh, connect card there. And it says, I am commit, I'm giving my life to Jesus. And so today, if you prayed that prayer, maybe you did that online. You can do that with us as well by uh, simply uh, typing those words uh, RTL I decided to the number 97,000 or put a check there in that space and uh, if you're a guest with us today for the first time please let us know we have a little gift bag we'd love to put into your hand on your way out today and then also today's a perfect day um, if you are visiting with us for the first time we're gonna have what we call our welcome party here in just a few moments we're gonna gather over in the cafeteria for lunch we take care of your kids you have to check your kids out but check them right back in but it will take just a few moments but it'll be a great opportunity for you to learn more about our heart, what our vision is, and how you can get plugged in, how you can become a part of our spiritual family here known as Rethink Life. And today, if you made that commitment in your heart, we have a little booklet we would love to put into your hands called Rethinking Life Every Day. You can pick up one of those little booklets at the Next Steps table on your way out. We also have a complimentary Bible. If you need a Bible, we would love to put one of those in your hands as well. And then also, uh, as uh, many of you uh, may have already been uh, reminded, next Sunday is Baptism Sunday. And if you've never been baptized by immersion, man, let me encourage you to take your next step and to demonstrate your faith publicly through water baptism. And you can let us know of your interest by uh, placing uh, that interest on the card here, or you can go out to the next steps table and say, hey, I'd like to get baptized. But any other questions you have,
go to what we call our Connect Tent, and we would love to help facilitate that in any way that we possibly can. And we're going to um, shift gears here as we conclude our time uh, for our time of worship through giving. And uh, I just want to say thank you for being a generous church. Thank you for your faithfulness. I know so many people give online, um, and we are so thankful for those who have already given before they even came to church today because it's something they do consistently and faithfully online or through recurring giving. Uh, you can also give through the convenience of a text if you would like to give that way. And uh, we are just delighted because one of the ways that we're able to help make a difference in a lot of different areas, but also here locally in our city, is by coming alongside and, and blessing those who are less fortunate. And uh, this Friday, we as a church have, will have the opportunity to feed 200 people right in the heart of downtown Orlando uh, through the Christian Service uh, Center, one of our ministry partners there, and uh, we're going to be blessing uh, meals, giving meals, and blessing uh, those that are homeless and less fortunate right in the heart of our city, and uh, we already have a team of people that help with that. We may have a few other slots that are available. We're going to be doing that again next uh, month. It's just an opportunity for us to do outreach and to help serve and to meet needs and to be a blessing. And just know that when you give, a part of our giving is set aside to help in areas of need such as this. And so we have a passion to do everything we can to give help and hope to those that are in need. And we can't do that if it were not for your faithful generosity and your tithe that allows us to do what we do as a church family. So I'm going to pray over our offering today as we prepare our hearts. Father, thank you, Lord, that you first gave to us. And so today as we give, Lord, we're demonstrating what you set an example for us to do. And Lord, today I pray that as we give, you'll take it, use it, multiply it, Lord, to help make an eternal difference in the lives of people. Lord, to meet needs, to change lives. And so, Father, we thank you for all that you've done, all that you're continuing to do. We pray this, we ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.